Welcome, and thank you for joining us for today's CME podcast. PrimeMed podcasts are dedicated to providing on-the-go clinicians with pertinent, evidence-based primary care content that won't take too much time out of your busy schedule. Information about CME credits and faculty for today's podcast can be found within this activity's landing page on primemed.com slash podcast. That's pri-med.com slash podcasts. Be sure to also go to this location in order to claim your CME credits after the program. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, this is Lee Lindquist, Chief of Geriatrics at Northwestern Medicine in Chicago, Illinois. And today we'll be talking about board seniors, how to age in place successfully during this COVID crisis. So if you think about many of our seniors right now, they're aging in place because we're all self-isolating at different levels. And so some of the things that we can think about is how we can stimulate the brain and how we can keep our bodies moving during this process of forced isolation. So I'm going to go through a couple different strategies of how you can help your seniors and advise people when you're talking to them about how to, how to stay aging in place successfully. So first off, one thing that I promote to all of my patients is that we need to keep their brains stimulated. So if you think about so many seniors who are homebound um, regularly, that's one of the difficult things. And especially now during this COVID crisis, we have to keep our brains stimulated, especially among the senior crowd. So what does this mean? Socialize. Socialization has been shown to be so effective in keeping the brain active. If we think about your brain as a muscle, the more you use it, the stronger it will be. Now, if we keep ourselves in four walls and don't interact with anyone, that brain is gonna to go to fudge. So that's why it is integral and vital for us to keep stimulating our brains. So how do you do that? So one of my favorite things is telling people, phone your friends. Try to call one new friend a day. And then if you're a son or a daughter, at least try to call them once a day, um, sometimes twice a day to check in on things. Um, play some reminiscing games, talk about what they're having for dinner, see what's happening in their day-to-day, making sure they stay inside and that they're not going you know, to different things like getting their oil changed or unnecessary trips, making sure that they stay at home and then socialize. And this is the perfect time to be reaching out to different friends, different family members that you may not have talked to in a long time and just che- checking on them, seeing how they're doing, saying, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while, but I got nothing else to do, so let's talk. So. One of the other things, too, um, that you can stimulate your brain, you can do it on the phone or you can do it in person if you're living with a senior or even among seniors, is to play reminiscing games. So this is a great way to stimulate your brain. Do you remember that time? Do you remember when we took that vacation? Do you remember when this happened? And so another way of stimulating that is to look through old photo albums and then discuss them. Oh, look at this picture. Do you remember that trip to Disney World we took in 1976? Um, And talk about them, reminisce. And you can easily do this on the phone or you can do it in in person if you're living with the senior or between seniors. Another thing to think about to stimulate your brain is reading a book. But I actually take it one step further because reading a book or a newspaper is very passive. You just look at it, you process it, and you retain it. But what's more difficult is to challenge your brain and do active reading. So this is where you read something, 
you think about it and then you talk to another person about it. Did you see what happened in the news? I read this. This is what's going on. So if you get newspapers delivered to your house or if a senior gets newspapers delivered, you know, take a look, read the articles and then discuss it. Or if you're watching TV, talk about what's going on on the TV if it comes to news. Another fun way of getting books and reading is to, one of my favorite things is, and this just happened recently, is that if you've got a loved one um, who is isolated, you can actually send them an Amazon book and then you buy the book for yourselves and you read it together. So you read the first chapter, she reads the first chapter, and then you discuss. So you can actually have little book groups um, by sending a book to a loved one or another senior, and then you're reading the same book and you're going through, can you believe that happened? Oh my gosh. Um, whether it's a biography of someone that you've valued or you think is interesting or a fiction book, it's a great way of having a virtual book group, especially when people don't have technology. And then you can discuss it along the way. And especially with what we can do with online purchasing is that, you know, sending people sewing crafts, um, cross stitch, you know, different uh, types of tatting or crochet that you can order and send to them, different kits, so that they can do it, keep stimulating their brain, um, and go that direction. Another thing is thinking about sending them paints, so paint kits. Uh, people enjoy doing arts, artistic stuff, so people who enjoy doing artistic things would really value probably a paint set sent to them, because who knows how old their paints are. And they can actually paint pictures, discuss what they're painting, um, and keep stimulating their brain. So another thing to think about is if you're a senior sitting at home alone, what about writing? We're talking about art, let's talk about writing. So, so many seniors have so many great stories. What about writing down everything that's happened to them or the most important parts of their lives? So this can be as easy as taking a pencil to a piece of paper and just writing about the time that they went up and down the Mississippi River when they were in their 20s. And that must have been probably around 1950s, 1940s. So there's so many great stories that we're not being able to hear from our seniors many times because a lot of the practical matters happen. You know, do you have enough medicines? Do you have enough of this? And this is a really great way of passing on to next generations the stories that you want them to keep telling. So if you haven't thought about it yet, you can have your patients start writing down things that they want the next generation to learn or lessons learned. And then they can actually mail those or send them to loved ones and then keep discussing them along the way or saving it for when they actually do see their loved ones. Now, I know a lot of people out there are talking about spring cleaning, and pretty much most people have done so much spring cleaning with COVID and being isolated. But one thing that we can do to stimulate our brains is to look at specific things that we are keeping. These are our mementos. These might be in our jewelry cabinets. These might be in a special, you know, drawer somewhere. And actually writing down why they're special. So if you've got a small sheet of paper, you know, a three by five card, write down why something is special. Because I'll tell you, so many of my families of patients have said, you know, mom passed away and we've been going through her stuff. And there's so many things that we don't know why she kept them. We know they're valuable, but we don't know the relevance. Did she get this from dad during, you know, a special trip? Did this happen, you know, to, you know, a reason why? 
one of my interesting things is I had a patient who said, you know, I have different lockets of hair of different relatives all the way back to the 1800s. And I need to write down who they are because I'm forgetting them myself. And if you think about it, we don't want people to forget. We don't want the next generations to forget what impacted our lives. So having seniors actually write down what's important to them and why, um, and just attaching it to them, maybe putting it underneath it, putting it behind a picture. And that's another thing too. There's been so many pictures of people that you see, but you're like, who is that? Who are these people in there? So maybe right on the back with a pencil, this is who these people are. And right now, this is the perfect time because we're all stuck at home and we have ample opportunities to kind of go through our things and write it down so that the next of next generations can enjoy it. So the other thing to think about is to start sorting out and cleaning. So if we're going through our mementos and going through things, start looking through what we can throw out, the non-usables. And this is what I talk about with a lot of people, listen, get rid of your old medicines, put them in a box uh, for them to be tossed. Um, think about your creams, your empty jars, start going through the stuff, the piles that you may or may not need. Um, this is the opportune time to keep working on that. Now, if you have seniors in your practice who are tech friendly, and I will tell you, so many people are telling me, oh, my, my parents, they're not tech friendly, they can't figure it out. But technology is really getting to be advanced enough so it interfaces well with very basic human functions. So for instance, some of our research has actually looked at how you can use Amazon Echo and Google Home. So what's interesting is that we went through how people, especially the people who are seniors, were using Amazon Echo and Google Home. And what we found was that people were able to use that technology. It's a very simple voice interface. So you can plug it in and start talking to it and it'll start coming up with things that you need to know. And in our research, we found that people were using it for entertainment where they were asking for songs, for jokes, um, but they were also getting information. So, you know, what is happening with COVID? How many people in New York have COVID right now? And it's interesting that there's so many opportunities that you can use COVID or you can use Amazon Echo or Google Home with um, that it's really a rich device um, to work with. So I would say don't tell patients or don't anticipate or don't think that your patients, because they're seniors, are not tech friendly. There is a good chance that they will learn something. And what we know um, is that the more you learn, the more you can challenge your brain, the more it's getting stimulated. So even if your family members, loved ones, patients have not ever used technology before, don't discount them that they're not going to be able to figure it out. Um, on that note, um, I've had so many different patients telling me that they're FaceTiming or that they're using different apps to do face-to-face -face contact. And so if your loved one has an iPad or if you have the means to buy them an iPad and send it to them, think about using FaceTime to communicate so they can actually see what's going on and they can actually look at the people who they're talking to. Now, so far, most of these things are things that you can do with seniors who have good cognition or just some mild impairment. But what we also have to think about are the people that have severe dementia or have problems with basic daily functions because of their dementia, whether it's Alzheimer's, Parkinson's dementia, or whatnot. And so 
what we need to think about is trying to keep them active as a stimulated person, so keeping their brain stimulated. So there's great evidence about using, if you've got a pet, that's wonderful. If you don't have a pet, um, there are these great, um, what I call for real pets or fake pets that you can buy um, that are toys that simulate what a pet feels like. Now, in Japan, they have a Paro seal, P-A-R-O, seal. And what's fantastic is that they've tested it, they've done research on it, and it's shown that people can actually, people in nursing homes and Alzheimer's units actually enjoy using it. The seal actually purrs and makes different noises and cuddles with them, much like a real uh, pet would. But for this one, it's all fur, fake fur, uh, animatronics. So those things, then uh, those Paro seals, and you can feel free to look them up, they cost about $700. Um, and they're meant to be used in large congregate living situations. So they can be autoclaved, they can be cleaned, and so forth. So those are for people that are living in multiple um, person settings. Um, what I like to use for my seniors, especially if they're one-on-one, um, is to actually, or, or you know, one-on-one with a caregiver, are the pets that you can get at Target or Walmart or on Amazon. And these are uh, for real pets or little pet toys that, you know, whether it's a dog or a cat that barks, um, many different places, uh, many different vendors are selling these. And so if you've got a person with severe dementia, um, just petting the animal actually makes them feel really good, makes them feel calm. And especially that's what they might need in this type of a situation so the other things that I like to try with my severe dementia patients are um, the larger Lego sets. So we're talking about Duplo. So people can use their fingers to build different things, uh, whether it's a wall, whether it's a couple of bricks put together, but it challenges their brain and you can play with the colors, you can play with building towers. Um, I like the Duplo for my seniors just because it's sometimes harder for them to use the smaller bricks, uh, especially if they've got arthritis in their hands. Um, and that's something that you can try. You can order it online and have it sent. Um, and if, they, uh, if they're a male and, or a female and they've liked cars through their whole life, um, one of my favorite things is to send people a bunch of Hot Wheel cars or tell them to buy a bunch of different Hot Wheel cars because they can look at it. They can reminisce about, you know, the muscle cars of the 1960s. They can reminisce about different cars from the 70s, you know, the 80s, etc., um, and that's one of the fun things. It's very tactile, but also it stimulates the mind. So besides stimulating your mind, the next thing that we have to think about is exercise. And it is so difficult to exercise if you're self-isolating because of this COVID. And I'll tell you, I'm here in Chicago. Our lakeshore uh, walking paths are down. Our parks are down. So it's very limited where people can exercise. And now if you've got a backyard, definitely go outside, use it. Um, because staying home and being sedentary will increase your risk for falls. So it is so important, it is vital to keep exercising this time. So that's a question that we all worry about as geriatricians is that whoever makes it through this COVID um, pandemic, when it comes you know, to everyone coming out of their house, are we going to see a lot more seniors falling? Are we going to see a lot more seniors uh, tripping, you know, having balance checks and breaking hips? So we don't want that. We absolutely don't want broken hips among our seniors. Um, 
So this is something that we're concerned about just because so many people are sitting tight. So what I tell my seniors is that we have to exercise. Okay, I know you're sitting in a, you know, a small house, maybe a, you know, a place that's got a couple rooms. Um, try to get outdoors to your backyard for a couple laps. Um, if you can, in your own home, you can walk up and down the hallway. And I hate it when people say, oh, I just walked up and down the hallway once today. No, no, no. You're walking up and down that hallway like three times, five times, if you can get to it once an hour. So back and forth, back and forth. Keep it going. Um, walking around a dining room table. Um, as many times as you can, you know, in 15 minutes, and then taking a seat, taking a breath, and then doing it again a couple hours later, or if you can on the hour. Um, you're going to have to keep exercise, keep your body moving, um, because it's going to be vital for you to avoid having hip fractures as you uh, continue to age. So besides that, if you are not as mobile, definitely move up to doing a morning stretch. So try to stretch out your muscles, try to put your arms above your head. And so that's one thing that we see is a lot of times people will get kind of crunched into a certain spot, especially if they've been sitting in a chair too long. So what we need to do is to have people moving their arms, make wide circles, you know, reach for the sky. Um, if you've got people that have access to computer, different YouTube videos have different interesting things. Um, to do stretching exercises. So besides walking, making sure you stretch. And then if you spend a lot of time in your chair, which most seniors are doing right now, I love the exercise where you have them stand in place and then sit back down and then stand in place and then sit back down, trying not to use their hands. Um, and that works on your quads. And then the other exercise I like teaching people to do is to stand with their back to the wall and press your elbows into the wall. And this actually works on your posture and your core because no senior wants to be bent over um, or getting that hump. And so if you straighten up, press your elbows back against the wall or press your back against the wall and press your elbows into the wall, um, that's going to be very uh, good for your posture and also your core. Now, if you want to take it up a notch, um, tai Chi has been shown to be amazing for older adults as far as stimulating your cognition, helping with balance, and preventing falls. And on top of that, you're learning a new skill, so it's huge for the brain, so you're getting a double bonus. So what I like to tell people is do a YouTube video. You know, if you've got a loved one who doesn't um, have a computer, send them a book on Tai Chi, or you could send them a VCR, or VHS cassette, or a DVD um, on Tai Chi, because now is the best time to be doing Tai Chi. And then the other thing I usually tell people, too, is that it's always hard for us when people say, I need to exercise more. Nobody likes that feeling. Oh, I need to exercise more. Mom, you need to exercise more. Um, oh, I told Mrs. Jones she needs to exercise more. Think of it as flipping the argument. Think about it as saying, you need to sit less. So if I say, try not to sit for five minutes every hour. Oh, okay, I can do that. That sounds more appeasing than me telling you, you need to exercise for five minutes because most people will discount that. So if you tell people to sit less, that's gonna make a huge, um, hopefully a huge impact in whether or not they actually do sit less. Now, besides the cognitive stimulation and the exercise to keep their activity up, what I usually tell patients is make sure you hydrate because especially if you're staying at home or aging in place, we need to remember to drink. 
and it's very easy to forget to hydrate when you're sedentary. And seniors are actually more at risk of dehydration because their thirst mechanism disappears as they get older. And your taste buds also get worn down. But that thirst mechanism, people oftentimes will forget they need to drink. So sometimes the first uh, symptom of dehydration is that they pass out. So we don't want that, okay? So I usually ask my patients, how many times a day do you pee? How many times? And I usually use the word pee over urinate. Um, So is your urine bright or dark yellow? And that's when I tell them, okay, you know what? You're going to have to drink more fluid. So I usually recommend people putting um, several bottles, you know, two or three bottles of half liter of fluid in the uh, fridge. And so that they know one half liter bottle has to be drank by 10 o'clock, another half liter of bottle drank by one o'clock, and a third half liter bottle by three o'clock. I usually don't have people drink after six or seven o'clock just so that they're up and they're not up all night. Um, and one of the fun things is that if they're drinking more fluid, they're going to be walking to the bathroom more, which will be more exercise. So make sure that your patients are staying hydrated. Recommend that they drink more. And then by drinking more, it's going to force them to get out of the chair. Um, and then the last thing I usually recommend to people is to make sure you're eating well. So make sure that you're getting enough nutrients because sometimes when we're sitting at home alone um, or we're self-isolating, especially among the seniors, you forget that you need to eat something. And especially with seniors, there's a huge chance that they might skip lunch or, oh, I didn't have breakfast. And then they would pass out from hypoglycemia. And we don't want that. So I make sure my patients are eating and drinking. And what I love is that there's a cognitive component with eating. So what do I mean by that? Well, with people being self-isolated right now, they have to open up their pantries and see what they've got. And so you can look in your cabinet, you can see what you can make. And if you think about when you were in residency and you came home, and I did an old school residency where we worked like, you know, crazy hours. You'd come home, you'd say, what do I have in my cabinet? And try to fix up a dinner. So this is a challenge to your brain where you have to come up with what you're going to be able to eat with the components that you have. It's kind of like one of those Food Network shows. So, you know, maybe you have some olives. Okay, tonight we're going to have Mediterranean. And actually, Mediterranean is really good for the brain. There's been so much evidence that Mediterranean diets are really um, the new thing uh, to help. Maybe not the new thing, but Mediterranean diets um, have been having more research that shows it's very good for people that have memory loss or preventing memory loss. Um, And so think about what what substitutions you can make. Think about how to challenge your brain um, and go that direction. So in summary... To get your senior patients to age in place successfully during this COVID-19, what I like to tell people is to stimulate your brain, try to socialize as much as possible, talk to friends, reminisce, write your story, go through mementos. And then the second thing is think about exercising. Get your body moving. I don't care if you're stuck in two rooms or one room. Keep that body moving. And then the third thing is to hydrate. Make sure you're drinking enough fluid. Um, you might want to double, have them double check. You know, you've got heart failure. You don't want to go over this amount. Um, but making sure that they're getting enough fluid. And then make sure that they're eating. Uh, make sure that they're not losing weight um, and that they're getting enough calories. So these are the recommendations I usually tell my seniors, um, especially when they're self-isolating, uh, which is now, and then also if they're ever homebound. So thank you very much for listening to our podcast. I hope that this will help you take care of our seniors and make them feel less isolated. 
um, and help them to age in place successfully. We thank you again for joining PrimeMed for today's podcast. Remember to claim your CME credits for the program on this activity's landing page on primed.com slash podcast. That's pri-med.com slash podcasts. Also, be sure to check out all of our other podcasts and primary care activities on primed.com as well. See you next time.